chapter 12. I've been asked a lot of questions. And uh, just tired. I tell you what, people are tired, wore out. Uh, man, I get it. I get it. Uh, but I'm telling you, uh, time is, is drawing quicker and quicker and quicker. Uh, before you stand up, if I don't get you to stand up, I just want to say a couple things here first. Probably take me half an hour. Uh, and it, this thing starts out, actually, stand if you would real quick. I'll read three verses, and uh, we'll go from, I'll back up, backtrack from there. Uh, chapter 12, chapter, John chapter 12, uh, verse 20. Uh, and there were certain Greeks among them that uh, came up to worship at the feast. Uh, the same came, therefore, to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, and again Andrew, and Philip telleth Jesus. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Thank you for just letting us come to church. Lord, thank you for a church to come to. Uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, you'd bless the, the Bible reading tonight. You'd also bless the message. Uh, Lord, uh, just thank you, Lord. We would see Jesus. It's really what we need to see today is Jesus. Uh, Lord, this world is uh, full of just pain and hurt all through. Uh, Lord, and a good dose of Jesus just about solves all that. Uh, Lord, again, bless tonight. If there's anyone in here, Lord, that is going through trials or tribulations, I just pray that you touch their heart. Uh, Lord, show them that you're sitting there for them at any given time. And, uh, Lord, there will be a day when we'll come stand before you. And, Lord, uh, uh, we don't want to wait to that day. Lord, right now we have a time to make, uh, make up for any time that a bad time that could come up there. Lord, we could have a glorious entry into heaven. And, Lord, I just pray now that you watch over us. Bless us now. We'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I was going to start just a second ago, but I'm going to start right now. Back in chapter 11, uh, uh, Jesus gets word of his friend Lazarus dying. I just want to lead up to a couple things here real quick. I'll start to see if it works. He said it might pop and crack and, and do a couple other things. I don't know. I'll find out if it does. Uh, then I'll turn it off. Is it on? Testing one, two. Okay, cool. Uh, but anyways, Lazarus, back in chapter 11, starting in verse 1, Peter, uh, Je uh, Pe uh, the Lord's sitting there talking, and, and it says, Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, uh, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary anointed, that anointed the, the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet uh, with the hair whose brothers Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, uh, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. And Jesus is made aware of the sickness, but he really doesn't do anything about it. He heals everybody in the whole wide world. He, he, he knows exactly what he's going to do. Uh, th that's a good thing to always remember is that the Lord knows exactly what to do. Nothing's ever in this world sneaking up on him. In your life, my life, or anybody else's life, he knows exactly what is going on. And if we let him, he has a plan for each and every one of our lives that is unbelievable if you just let him have it. So he's aware of the sickness, and, and, he, and he hears it in Bethany. He knows Lazarus is over in Bethany. He's, he said, oh, we'll just wait. And he waits a couple days. Verse 6 there, he, he wait, uh, waited two days before he ever made the move, but he knew exactly what he was doing. Uh, verse, verse 14, uh, the death of his friend is announced. Uh, his disciples still didn't understand what sleeping and death was, and he said, our friend Lazarus sleepeth, and they didn't know what it was, and uh, they, they said, shouldn't he sleep because he needs a rest? He goes, look, he's dead. And sometimes, you know, the Lord gets a little blunt when you get your Bible out and you start reading the thing. He, he looks at you and tries to, to talk to us and, and, and soothe us and, and bring us through. And sometimes we just don't get the thing and he comes right out and says, look, he's dead. Uh, then down in 43, I like 43, uh, 1143. Uh, he's sitting there and he gets over there and 
Jesus looks at Lazarus and he says, and when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And in the back of my mind, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking all this stuff that happens and he just, he speaks things and they just happen. Uh, and he never does, he never does even, it doesn't phase him one bit. He knows exactly what he's doing. When he said, peace be still on that water out there and the water just right down. That's an amazing thing to me. I was out in the ocean a lot and I watched the sea and it never calmed down just like that. You could see it starting to calm down. The waves would start dropping, but it takes several hours for all the water to move back and forth and to where it even got to where it's halfway smooth. And he just says something and it goes. Uh, then, then the Pharisees, then the Pharisees start getting mad. And brethren, you know, in our world today, all we see all the time, go to verse 47, 1147. I'm just about through the chapter. It says, then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees, uh, then gathered the chief priests and Pharisees a council and said, what do we for this man doeth many miracles? If we let him alone, thus alone, all men will believe on him and the Romans shall come and take away uh, both our place and the nation. And all of a sudden Caiaphas sits there and says, y'all don't know anything. Somebody has to die for this nation. And they were talking about what kind of death Jesus was going to have. But it, well, you sit there and look at this thing and, and the, the turmoil and the, the Everything is happening along the way. Uh, Jesus is right in the middle of this. These three Greek guys, them, them Greeks, were, were privy to all that probably. And if they were like the Ethiopian eunuch that came up who was reading, had a copy of the scriptures in his hand, they knew something about what had went on in, in the history of the Jews. They probably knew a lot of stuff that went on way back when, uh, all the way through. And they came and they just wanted to see Jesus Christ. Uh, the council, in verse 53, if you look here in 1153, it says, Then from that day forth they took counsel to put him to death. Uh, that's pretty much what this world is all about today. They just want to squelch uh, anything in the world that's good. If you listen to the news, all you get is bad, 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 more bad, more bad, more bad. never stops. Uh, never stops. And through the midst of all that stuff, it just never goes. Then you get John chapter 20, well, John chapter 12. And Jesus returns to Bethany. for He was away from some, for some little length of time. And then he pops back in there six days before the Passover. And Martha is preparing a dinner. And Mary probably helped her prepare the dinner. But as she's serving, Mar Mary goes out down in verse 3 and gets the, the box, alabaster box. And she breaks it and anoints the, uh, the feet of Jesus Christ. And the room fills full of, of odor. And, and all the men are sitting around there. And Mary's doing her thing. And the Lord says, leave her alone. Uh, she did it for his burial. He already knows exactly what's getting ready to happen. Uh, Judas Iscariot in four gets mad because he, he goes, I could have had that money in my bag. I'd have had to have four or five bags with that kind of money. That's a lot of money. And he gets mad because of greed. And in this world, a lot of times, greed will, will supersede uh, your love of Christ. Uh, and you got to watch that thing. you got to make sure that you keep those things in check all the time. Uh, what you see here is a, a group of people that have kept that thing in check. Uh, verse 10, the chief priests planned to kill Jesus, but not only him. This, I read this verse the other day, and this is really what started generate, generating this message in my mind. It says, but the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus to death also, uh, also to death, because that by reason of him, many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. You know, when you try to live a life for Jesus, and you sit there and do some things, you're going you're gonna to cause other people problems. Uh, brother... Uh, Man, I tell you, this morning when he's going through that message, that was, uh, Brother Loman, when he's going through all that stuff, it was amazing because 
when it all boils down to this thing, when you get down to the bottom line, it's a religious fight, no matter how you look at it. The devil's at the top of this thing, and he's just trying to keep chaos in the world all over the place. And the more he can keep chaos here and here and here and here and here, it's never going to stop. It's just not going to stop. But they plan to kill, kill Lazarus because Lazarus, if he's alive, the miracle was performed on him. Uh, they would have went back and got uh, blind Bartimaeus. They had got all of them and killed him if they could because they wanted to squelch it out. They don't want the truth. The world doesn't want the truth. They want to lie, and they like it that way. And as long as you tell them a lie, they're perfectly happy. But he goes on. And, and uh, then he has, verse 12, he has a triumphant entry. Then, then uh, many came, in verse 18, many came because of the miracle that raised Lazarus. So the word had got out all over the place out there that Lazarus was brought back from the dead. Uh, but it wasn't that the widow of Nain had a son raised, the uh, blind Bartimaeus, uh, people healed with all kinds of stuff. But they're he hearing this last one. This one right here is that Lazarus was brought out of the tomb. But he wasn't just brought out. The guy levitated out. It's hard telling exactly what they heard and how they heard it. But if you read the passage, he was still in his grave clothes, wrapped in his grave clothes as he come out of there. It wasn't that he walked unless he bounced away like the, the energized bunny, man. He, he was actually levitating out of there. And that just blew a lot of people away. And they sit here and said, many came because of the miracle of raising Lazarus. They knew that, hey, this man did something. Now, verse 19, it says, The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, Perceive ye how ye prevail nothing. You know, we have something tonight that is better. They cannot beat it. They cannot win. Although in our minds, sometimes we think they're going to win. They cannot win. They cannot the, the Pharisees right here are saying, perceive ye how we pre ye prevail nothing. Behold, the whole world has gone after him. You know what, you know what we need tonight? And I, I, this is going to be a short message. It won't be long. The singing was great. Everything else. I could be done with this thing in about another half an hour, 45 minutes, hour, two hours. I don't know. We'll see what, how it goes. You get to verse 20. And these Greeks pop in. And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Philip cometh and tell Andrew, and Andrew again telleth Philip, uh, and Philip telleth Jesus. These guys probably had heard time and time again what Jesus had done. They really did not care about seeing Lazarus. Uh, they probably really did not care about anything else. What they wanted to do is they wanted to meet the man that did these things. Uh, nobody else would do, Philip wouldn't do, Andrew wouldn't do, Peter wouldn't do, James, John, none of the rest of them would do, the disciples wouldn't do, he had plenty of disciples, none of them would do. They wanted to come up and see Jesus. Uh, I like to say tonight that you can see Jesus if you want to. The question is, is do you really want to? Uh, there has to be a desire in your heart. These, these Greeks had a desire in their heart to see Jesus. They wanted to see Jesus. They knew exactly. They had, a, they had a desire to do it. They had a purpose to do it. They were driven to do it. They had a direction. They knew right where he's at. They said, look, if I get to this guy, this guy give me that guy. He didn't know. He thought maybe he could take me right there, but this guy took him that guy. And then those guys came to Jesus. I bet you these Greeks got to see Jesus before it was all said and done. It doesn't give you that in the, in the, in the text, but all through your Bible, what you'll find out is people got to see Jesus all the time. And brother, we can see him too. And this world wants you to get to the place where they don't think that you can see him. But I'd like to tell you today, because we're all sitting here, you know there's still people out there that want to see Jesus today? Amen, I don't care. I really could care less what the world does. 
Uh, this thing in Russia going on over in the Ukraine right now, if it wasn't there, it'd be somewhere else. But this thing is going to go on and go on, and they're going to try to tell you that you can't. You, uh, Brother Loman had to leave. Now, I tell you what, he wants to go back, but he had to leave. But that doesn't stop somebody wanting to see Jesus. There are still people that want to see Jesus. And you know what we need? We need some Phillips and Andrews who will take him to Jesus. That's what you need. I bet you those Greeks, man, they were reading back there. I, I had another old message one time where I had a bunch of men. Adam saw Jesus. I like that. I like me and Mrs. Meacham got it. I said, I said, Mrs. Meacham, can I talk to you? She said, sure. I said, I'm taking English class, and you probably know I slaughter it pretty bad. But, but Mrs. Meacham, she always had a pencil behind her ear, man. She would sit there and look at you real funny, and, and I had her glasses on. I said, Mrs. Meacham, back there in Genesis, it says that, and Adam heard, it says, and he heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And I said, if I take out all the preposition phrases, which is in the garden, in the cool of the day, uh, I said, basically what you end up doing, and he heard the voice of the Lord uh, uh, walking, of the Lord walking in the garden. I said, when you get right down, what they hear is Jesus walking. That's Jesus, isn't it? They hear the Lord walking. And she goes, yes, Mike, that's exactly what that is. I said, so Adam in the Garden of Eden got to see Jesus Christ walking and talking with him. You know, Adam probably didn't think that the Lord would never talk to him. He just talked to him. You know what our problem is today is we just think or we get into a place where we let Satan tell us that we can't do anything, but we're going to have one of the most important jobs that this planet ever saw, and that's getting people to Jesus. Brother, there is no job any more important than that. You can sing up here all day long, and we can come together, and we can rejoice, and we can have fun. But if you can't get somebody to Jesus, uh, then there's something wrong with you in your life that's hindering you from doing that, because that's exactly what you should be doing. At any time, a couple of people could come up to you and say, we would see Jesus, and what would you do? Well, I'm going to tell you this right now. If you can't do it, find an Andrew. Not necessarily Andrew Barless or Andrew Elliott, because they may not be able to do it either. But they'll find somebody else. You know what you need to do? You need to be able to be honest with yourself. So, look, I can't do it, but I know somebody who can. And then take them right to Jesus. There's people all over this planet. There's people in Russia right now. And I tell you what, you read your Bible and you get into the book of Acts and all of a sudden Paul comes through there and the persecution of the church and everything just starts scattering all the place just like it just did in the Ukraine. You know what happened? A bunch of guys go out there with Bibles under their arms and, and the word of God in their hearts. And you say, I learned... When I was at that satellite station in Norfolk, Virginia, what, one thing I learned is when I got there as a baby, baby ET, <laughs> that's what they called me, a little uh, a, a plebe, a, somebody who didn't know anything, but I made E5, and they was all mad at me, but nobody would tell me nothing. They, they, just, they just put me over in a corner somewhere and just said, let's leave that kid alone. Uh, we don't like him to start with because he's not one of us. He didn't come up the way. I mean, he's supposed to come here as an E4, and we're supposed to stomp all over him like this and treat him like scum. And if he does good, then we, we may, we may, just like the Pharisees described, we may let him uh, take the E5 exam. If we, I don't bypass all that. I'm now an E5, and they can't do a thing about it. I don't bypass every bit of that. And they're mad at me as a hornet. They stick me off the side. You know, it took me about three months, four months, and I finally said one day, forget them. If they ain't going to show me nothing, it, you know what? The thing was, the information was in my head. I just not, did not know how to get it from here to here. And when they wouldn't show me anything, you know what the Lord did for me? He said, hey, let's go do this together. And, and I started walking through there, and I started piecing it together piece by piece. I didn't need them to tell me anything. You know what happened over in the Ukraine? I'll tell you what happened. This was put over there. And there may be some people over there who don't know exactly what to do yet. 
But they're going to get to the place where they're going to be standing out there, and all of a sudden one day the Lord's going to walk up to them and say, hey, how about this, and how about that? And they're going to take that thing on. And you'll find out that what God needed was a couple of Andrews and Phillips over there to start the thing and get it to them, get them to Jesus. A lot of us, we just don't get to Jesus. Adam got to Jesus. He had a good time until he sinned. You know what? Even after he sinned, the Lord didn't reject him. Uh, Adam, at the Lord and, uh, looked down at that thing. He could have killed both Adam and Eve and started all over again. There was plenty of dirt there. All he had to do was say, make another dirt ball and, and breathe in it, the breath of life, make a living. So that wasn't the point. The point was he was trying to show you that man can still get to Jesus after sin. And he did. You know, I think why the Lord loved Adam so much is because he said he'd die for his bride. Adam took a responsibility, although the texts don't really show it quite that way. But, the, but you go through the whole Bible, you know what the Lord's looking for is for people to stand up for him. And Adam didn't want to see. He said, what's the woman thou gave us me? Trying to blame her. Okay, the woman tries to blame the, the serpent. It just goes right on down the line. And then I heard the old saying, the serpent didn't have a leg to stand on, so uh, he couldn't blame anybody. But when you sit there and look at that thing, he, he covered them with skins, put them out of the garden, and the thing went on down the road. Adam got to see the Lord Jesus Christ. I like Moses. Moses got to see him. Adam got, to, Abraham got to see him. Abraham's another one of my favorites. I'll tell you what, first time I read through that, I started looking at that thing. I said, hey, these Greeks probably heard all those stories. They probably knew all that said, I can see Jesus. There's some men out there that really, and women that want to see Jesus. Brother, we got to get this life out of our way. I mean, we got to get the things that cloud our lives up, that we are always sitting there. We, I'm, I tell you time and time again, I know we got to work. I know we got to do that. But we need to get this stuff out of our lives that we can be ready at any given time when the Lord puts somebody in our path to tell them about Jesus Christ. You got to be ready at any moment that the Lord would pick you up and call you and say, hey, Philip, I want you to shoot down through here. There's an Ethiopian eunuch. I, you don't know where he's at yet, but I want you to go down through here. And when you come up to this chariot, all you have to do is shut up and listen. What that man's saying. Just shut up and listen. And the Ethiopian is reading Isaiah 53. And Philip goes, oh, the next common, the, hey, can you understand what you're reading? Do you understand what you're reading? I, I don't even know how to picture that thing. Here's a chariot rolling down through there, and, and <laughs> Philip either running or levitating right next to that thing. And if he's running as fast as the chariot, he must be in really, really good shape all the way down through there. Uh, first, he had to leave way up here and go down to where the chariot was and get there at the same time the chariot was there. And then he's following the chariot all the way down there. And fortunately, after a few seconds, the guy stops and picks him up, and then they start talking. And Philip could tell, tell the Ethiopian eunuch the story of Isaiah 53 and knew that that was Jesus Christ. Can you read through your Bible tonight? I'm talking to us. Can we read through our Bibles tonight? And as we're reading through this thing, tell what is here. So when somebody has a question and a Greek came up to you and said, we would see Jesus, could you get him to Jesus? From anywhere in this book, you know, they'll come. We was talking at lunch today about the flat earth. I don't know if you believe the flat earth. I hope you don't. I hope I don't have anybody here. I got a picture you need to see if you do believe the flat earth. Uh, I'm mean, telling you, there's so much stuff. That it, but people argue over that stuff. Like it means something and people are dying and going right to hell. They, they'll know everything about how you can prove the earth is flat. But you tell them, how, when's the last time you led somebody to Jesus Christ? They say, oh, man, let me think, man. Uh, it was somewhere between the seven-year tribulation and the three-and-a-half-year tribulation. And I'm not sure. Wait a second. Let me think back on that thing again. And, and uh, where did Cain get his wife at? And, uh, let me think. and that's all they do is go from one thing to another thing to another thing to another thing to another thing. And they're never out there. 
talking to your brother the other day, and he said, brother, he goes, you know, I spent a lot of time witnessing, and, and I can't hardly remember any fruit. I'm like, well, that doesn't mean nothing. I said, who said you were ever going to get fruit? What you're supposed to do is witness. There may be somebody else that comes along and picks the fruit. But what you need to do is witness. And if you've done what you're supposed to do, then you did what you could, and you helped somebody right along. You still get part of the thing. You did what you do. Adam, Abraham saw him. He saw him, I like the Ur of the Chaldees. It never tells you exactly when Abraham knew that he was supposed to leave. He just left. It said that the Lord told him. But, but in 12.7, it says he appeared unto him. 17.1, and he appeared unto him. And then 18.1, man, it's one of my favorite stories. Abraham's sitting there just chilling out. And, and the Lord walks up with Michael and Gabriel. It has to be Michael and Gabriel. It has to be. Walks up with him and says, hey, uh, Abraham says, hey, y'all want dinner? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you'll convince me. Oh, yeah, sure. What do you got, Lamb. <laughs> That's all you got, lamb. Got some goat, maybe, maybe some goat. Uh, can't have T-bone steaks or anything like that. Definitely no pig. Well, the Lord could have had pig. I still never understood why Peter did not eat, man. You would think that he had a perfect Jew thing right there where he could have had bacon. And he didn't do it. The Lord told him to kill and eat, Peter. And I mean, you could always blame him. If you get in trouble later on, say, well, the Lord told me to do it. Now, that's the one you want to blame. But Abraham is sitting here, and, and it says the Lord appeared unto him in the plains. You know, Abraham wanted to see God. He wanted to see the Lord. It wasn't that the Lord just appeared to him because there was nobody else to appear to that day. Abraham actually wanted to see him in his life. You know what? You know what these these what I liked about these Greeks is they could pick out a couple people that they knew were close enough to Jesus Christ that they could get him there. Could somebody look at us today and say, these people are close enough, that person's close enough to Jesus that they can get me to him? Because I'm telling you, brother, that really matters. We go out and preach and preach and preach or teach and pass out tracts. Sometimes our heart's not in the thing that we're doing. Abraham saw him. Moses saw him. You know about the burning bush. Uh, that burning bush thing is the greatest thing in the whole world. I mean, you walk up here and you see a glow in the middle of the night. It's a UFO. It's on top of the mountain. And, and Moses, I mean, he just goes up there where it's at. Uh, he got some guts. I mean, he just goes right up here. He looks at the burning bush and he, and he looks at it for a second and starts looking at it this way and looking at it that way. And then all of a sudden, he's, Moses. And he gets a little closer. Moses, take your shoes off. Or I'm going to hit you with a brick. Moses. And Moses starts talking to a bush. Now, most people would say that you're crazy at that point. Him coming down off the mountain. Well, I was talking to a bush up on top of the mountain. And the bush told me that this is what I need to do. I'm going to come and get all the people. Now, you don't wonder why Pharaoh had a problem with letting everybody go out of Egypt. I mean, you come off the mountain and say, Pharaoh, the Lord told me to come down here. Where was he at? In a bush? It was on fire. It never did burn up. But it was up there. Got a picture? Got your camera? Okay, got your, did you take a, self, a shot of that selfie with you in the bush? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's what we would do. That's, that's, that's what we would do. We'd be sitting there trying to go click, 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 click. Lord, quit moving. Quit moving, Lord. Do this. <laughs> Moses saw him up on the top of the mountain. What I'm trying to get to tell you, brother, is you can see him if you want him, if you want to. We know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We know Daniel saw him. We know that. Daniel got in the lion's den. He saw him down there. The Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was right there in the fiery furnace with him, talking to him. And the Lord, and, and you know the Lord said, obey them that have the rule over you. And as soon as King said, come out of there, they came right out. They did everything that you could possibly do right. Their testimony was squeaky clean. They just would not bow down to somebody else's God. The shepherd and wise men both saw him. I seen a, a film the other day, and they tried to put the shepherds or the wise men right there at the birth of Jesus Christ. I just hate that. That's not what the Bible says. Shepherds were out in the field. The angels appeared to them. Then they went and seen the baby Jesus. A couple years later, the wise men came in, and they got to see Jesus. Then we get back to the Greeks. 
They're just in a long line of people that want to see Jesus. That's, they're just in a long line. That's all it is. They're a long line of people wanting to see Jesus, but they haven't seen him yet. For whatever reason, they were in the city. They were all around. All the trouble that's going on. We're in a world today where, I mean, the world is in turmoil. It is in turmoil everywhere. You know these Greeks were in a, a place at the exact same time where everything was, they're trying to kill Jesus. They're trying to kill Lazarus. They're trying to keep squelch everything they can. Paul's probably in the background somewhere out there killing Christians all over the place. Other Pharisees and scribes are out there trying, they're trying to squelch Christianity. And in the midst of all of that, these Greeks are trying to find Jesus. And instead of running and hiding, guess where the Lord's at? Right out in the open. And you know where Philip and Andrew are? Right out in the open with him. You know, that's where we need to be, brother. It's right out in the open with this world and let them see us as we are. But the first thing we got to do is we got to get something in here. Uh, there's trouble on every side, man. You're talking about it in our country. If you were in the Ukraine today or recently, you would think the tribulation doesn't happen. You're right in the middle of it. But over here, we still got everything going, except we got rising interest rates. I called, a, got, got this email the other day, and they said, 1.6, refinance your house for 1.6%. I said, man, I'll, I'll give that a buzz. I'll, I'll give it a call and just see what it is. I got about 200 calls, and they're a bunch of liars all of them, man. It's like 4%. I'm like, well, that's just a hook to get you in is all it is. And then they won't leave you alone. The world's a liar. You can't trust anything in this world. If you trust this world, you're going to have some problem. High fuel bills, you go to the gas pump, and fuel goes up and down, up and down, up and down. Everybody hated Trump. I like Trump. I liked him for the reason why. I don't, I'm not saying that he's the, greatest, he's the greatest Christian ever walked the face of the planet, but at least he drilled, some oil, he drilled some holes over here and got some oil out of our country. We got tons of it. I mean, why don't we just use it all? I think we should use it up until there ain't no more left. Then we'll go electric. <laughs> when there's nothing left, that's what you do, man. I mean, you just you do that. When you run out, just go do something else or prepare for it later on and gradually bring this thing in. But drill more holes, then our gas will be down. I like it, man. When I was a kid, I used to get Texaco Sky Chief. I remember they had a, fire, a gas war one time. I got it for 18 cents a gallon. That was, that's what I put in my, uh, uh, what is it? A, it was a Western Flyer. Uh, I forget who made that thing, man. It was a, they went out of business a long, long time ago. I think Sears bought them up. Uh, Western Auto. Yeah, it was a Western Flyer. You ever hear Western Auto? Yeah, it was a Western Auto gold. I had a gold lawnmower, man. You pushed it. You didn't have self-propelled. You push the thing. And I put my Texaco Sky Chief. I had my gallon jug with my Texaco uh, 18 cents a gallon. Something's wrong with us today, man. I'll tell you, this is crazy. I used to, I'd take my, my money. I'd cut grass for $2.50 a yard. Some of y'all wouldn't even get in your car for $2.50. I cut more grass at six, 14, 15, 13 years old than I could shake a stick at. I had, I had wads of money in my back pocket all day long. I, everybody let me cut their yard. For $2.50, I guess you find a moron doing it. I didn't care. I had lots of money. <laughs> I'd go down to the store down there, and I'd pop me a Pepsi, 60-ounce Pepsi bottle, drink it with pet peanuts, man. I'd dump them down in the Pepsi bottle. You don't do it with Coke because Coke fizz all over the place. But Pepsi, man, you can, well, it's really good. You say, why would you say all that? Because, man, there wasn't no high bills. When I grew up, it was great, man. It was like leave it to Beaver area. I had fun. I could buy stuff. I could make money. But now, man, you can't even, now low pay, $2.50 to cut yard. My mom had a guy who wanted to cut the yard, and she said, I want my yard cut. It's a little yard. It's, it's like one of these out here somewhere, a little bitty one. And, and she goes, I want to cut with a lawnmower. He says, well, we don't have lawnmowers because we're professional lawn companies, and we only have the big ones that you ride on the back. She goes, you, 
you can't cut my yard with that big one because it won't fit in the yard. <laughs> he goes, well, okay. He goes, I want, if you buy a push mower, a seven or $800 push mower, and give it to me, I will cut your grass and still charge you $35 to cut your grass. She almost thought that was a good idea. I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. And you're going to give him the more? Why would you do that and still pay him? I mean, if he's going to cut it for free, I'd make him cut it for, I'd keep it out in the garage, make him cut it for free 10 times, give him a little ticket every time he cuts it. And once he gets all your tickets, he can have the lawnmower. Whatever he wants to do, I don't care. But if you want to cut that, I'm sitting there going, they don't want to work anymore. Nobody wants to work. But I don't know about you, but you got it. That's, that, this, the world is just that way. We're in turmoil. Guess what? Somebody still wants to hear about Jesus. Amen. Through all of that, they still want to hear about Jesus. That, you know they can tell. When I, I seen Brother Loman the other day. He pulls up out here, and, and I'm telling you, he doesn't have much of anything. He had to leave everything. He, they got a, a van. A mission company gave him a van. They, got, uh, uh, they could lease it for a year from them. And uh, his car's sitting over in the Poland somewhere in front of somebody's garage. <laughs> he may never get back to that car. Have you ever thought about that, brother? What's going to happen if you gain it? you got to send him the title or something? Yeah. I mean, he may not get back to the house over there. Brother Perry may not ever get back to that. So they left everything they had. And he was still smiling and laughing. And he, I think somebody told him. He says, brother, i got something for you. I'm thinking, man, it must be a, a signed autographed copy of Dr. Ruckman's picture. Or, or maybe Dr. Peacock. No. <laughs> he, he opens this thing up and gives me this little thing right here. And it's got uh, walnuts and or nuts here and pecans here. No, uh, pistachios here and, and covered something here, chocolate. And something covered here, chocolate. And I'm looking at that and I'm like, somebody told him I'm on a diet. <laughs> I said, I can't eat nothing in there, man. And all the way home, have you ever, I mean, have you ever noticed that Chocolate smells like a hundred times better after you haven't had it for like two weeks. It just, it, it has an aroma, man, that just feels like, every, it never smelled like that before. The protein bars are even good, man. I'm telling you, it's a, that chocolate on the outside, anything. I was in, I took Brother you know, Loman out to dinner today. We went out, and uh, to this day, I have never, ever, ever eaten guacamole. It just looks like baby poop to me. I'm sorry, man. It's just, I look at it, it just looks like a big, a baby poop. <laughs> I look down there and I can't eat the beans and I can't eat the rice and there's some, some lettuce there with some sour cream on it and a big old hunk of guac and it was gone, man. I'm eating. <laughs> if that's all you can eat, you can eat. I mean, I only got 18 more weeks of this stuff and hopefully I can do it in 10 and we only have eight weeks left and I'll, I'll drop the other 10 off. But, but the whole world is crazy. But you know somebody still needs to hear about Jesus. Somebody's going to come up. Them guys are going to come up. You're going to have people. Everybody is trying to eliminate their competition. That's what the, uh, the, the scribes and Pharisees or the Pharisees and the uh, chief priests are doing. They're trying to eliminate their competition. They're trying to get rid of everything. Jesus never let that bother them. What's going on over there right now? And Brother Loman had to leave. That shouldn't discourage him one bit. There's just another thing the Lord wants you to do. And that never snuck up on the Lord. He knew exactly what was going to happen the day and the minute that was going to happen. And what you do, and I had another message I was going to preach tonight, but I changed my mind at the last moment, which you probably say I'm glad you did. But it's, it's like, Lord, teach us to number our days. 
You never know when something's going to change in our country that's going to prevent you to do what you, the Lord would want you to do or have you doing. What you got to do is look for every one of those doors that open as it comes down through there. And I mean, run through that door as fast as you can. Be wise as a servant harvests up. But I mean, use every opportunity. Keep your mind open because the Lord's going to open stuff and he's going to say, do this. And that door will be open and sh it'll shut after a little bit and you won't get another opportunity to do it. In this case, that door was open 30 years. And now it's gone. He may or may never get back into that country ever, ever again. But they're trying to get rid of the competition. We say, get, over here, we say, get rid of the Democrats and our problems will be solved. I don't think so. Get rid of the Republicans and you, you'll solve them. That's what the Democrats say. That ain't going to solve your problem either. But there's still those who want to see Jesus. Of all of that stuff, you know what we need to do is push that on the side. It doesn't matter. None of that matters to us. What matters to us is getting someone to Jesus Christ. You know how you do that? One moment at a time. Don't try to live 20 years in the future. You have no idea what 20. I'll bet you, if they, I bet you never thought that they were actually going to do what they said they were going to do when they went to do it. You never think it's going to happen. And it happens. My mom sits down. I love my mom. Really, I wish y'all could meet her. If you haven't met her, you really need to meet her. She'll just, she'll make you laugh. And then you'll want to go find somebody else to talk to. Uh, but... <laughs> But she's 90 years old, and she is still... I make Beth talk to her all the time now. It's just... it really, Just never send her a copy of this tape. But, but I'm telling you, I watched that thing, and she's afraid for 90 years that a tornado is going to hit her. There hasn't been a tornado within 100 miles of her house, really. Maybe there's one about five miles many years ago. Uh, but, I mean, that's about it. And she's never seen anything like it. And she, every time a storm comes up anywhere in the country, man, she's like, Oh, I'm going to get hit with a tornado! And to live like that is crazy. But I will tell you all this about her. I went down there, and we had a really good time. And then she listens to some priest, and the priest tells her everything that I told her. And Beth calls her today, and she's reading her Bible, and she's doing this. And, I mean, she might be turning to a Baptist here real soon. I don't know. But I've been doing that for 40 years. And you know what? She'll still call me and ask me about Jesus. She doesn't understand, but she'll still do it. After 40 years, you get a little tired of it and you get irritated. That's why I put Beth on the phone. Let her talk to her from now on. And Beth's worse than I am. That means she, Beth is, oh, man, Beth is, you, you want somebody to get mad at you, just get her on your side. And the Lord is still looking for somebody like a Philip and Andrew. This is a short message. You know what the Lord needs is a Philip and Andrew. The Lord's already gone. And he's looking for some Philip and Andrews. That, that will live a life before this world that they'll know that you have some connection with Jesus Christ and that we may have the opportunity to get them to Jesus. Because if they don't get to Jesus, brethren, they go to hell. They have to get to Jesus. And there, there's a way to, but we don't, we, we waste our lives on this. I think if you can get an advancement at your job, get it. If they'll give you and you can do that job and God gave you the ability to do it, he never gave me that. I mean, I could excel all the way up through the Navy. I just never had the, the, felt like I was in the right place. I always felt like I was out of place as I moved up. I never did. I, I sit me in a corner working on something, I'm fine. But to lead people, I was never good at that. Because I think you should help people and train them and teach them and do everything else. But the higher you move up, that's not what they're looking for. They're looking for something totally different. And I never just fit up here, so I knew I had to go. But if you can move up into, the, into the, the system and work and still be a testimony for Jesus Christ, then, brother, that's a talent. 
That's a, that's a gift of God. Don't ever let anybody say, this is wicked, you should. No, each one of us do something different. Because there's people everywhere that need to see Jesus. And they're coming through the same trouble and the trials and tribulations that we're going through, and they still want to see Jesus. And guess what? Philip and them got it to it. I'm telling you what, brother, if you can, if you can, and I'll be done here in just a second, if you can, what you ought to do is say, look, I've talked to people, four or five people in the last three or four weeks, and it's the exact same thing almost in all of them. They don't know what to do, or the world just seems crowding in on them. And I'm like, you got to back that thing up, man. Number one, I'll tell you this, you need to see Jesus yourself. I seen Jesus on a back porch in 1980, and I'm telling you what, he's been real to me ever since. 43 years. I'm going on 43 years. It's just getting better and better and better every day. And it never stops. And I'm always looking for him to do something else. I'm at the point right now, like his church, I'm, I'm thinking, people say, oh, you're at the pen. No, no, I think this is just another stepping stone to something else. Amen. I don't know what, maybe that's a rapture. I have no idea what it is. But I know, I know he's not done with me yet because I'm still vertical and I'm still talking. And as long as you're vertical and you can talk, guess what? You can get somebody to him. Amen. They, got, they got a guy to the, the, in the jail today. And they, and they said, well, we haven't had, had anybody in a long, long time. In eternity, it won't matter. That guy will be in eternity with Jesus Christ for all eternity. And every time you look around, he'll be right over there. And you say, I won that one uh, way back there, in, somewhere in my 66-year life, 70-year life. And it'll be so, that, that time will just be like a vapor, as James says. Uh, your life is but a vapor. And yet there he is, all eternity sitting there. And if everybody had just one, man, heaven would double tomorrow. But the Lord wants more than that. He's got us. You know what he wants? He wants some Stephen. Let me ask you a question. Are you an Andrew or a Philip tonight? You don't have to. It's a mind thing. It's a mind thing. I don't have to be right now an Andrew. I'm just a Philip, and I need to get him to Jesus, and I'm going to go find Andrew. You know what I need to do is I need to learn how to become an Andrew. You know how you do that? Right there, man. You read this thing. You get in this thing. You ask God. Prayer, Brother Joe went across some stuff in prayer. We're doing some stuff on thir uh, Thursday nights. Brother, I'm telling you what, you ought to get serious with God. And you know how you get serious? You talk to him. If Adam can talk to him and, and uh, Moses can talk to him and Abraham can talk to him and Daniel can talk to him and Shadrach, Meshach, and David can talk to him and Solomon can talk to him. Every one of these guys, they all came right off the pages as I was reading. Every one of them was talking to the Lord. The Lord said, Mike, you're no different than they are. All you got to do is talk. You know how you talk? You got to come up with, you got a reason. I'll tell you this right now, and I'll be done. You got to look at yourself and be honest. And you got to say, I'm the problem. I'm the problem. If there's no communications between me and him, I'm the problem. There's nobody between me and him. It's just me and him. I'm the problem. Lord, what do I need to do to straighten that out? And I'm telling you, if you don't get the answer right now, you just keep doing that. And shortly, you're going to get the answer. And then the key to that thing would be, I'm going to let that thing go and get some of this turmoil out of my life so I can get people to Jesus. The sweetest thing you'll ever do is lead somebody to Jesus Christ. The sweetest thing you'll ever do. I'm telling you, the sweetest thing. Because for all these, I've had people call. That's like I can say, I just drove back from uh, Pennsylvania two or three, four months ago, and the phone rang. And I'm looking at them like, oh, Norfolk. I don't want to talk to nobody in Norfolk. I said, but I do know some people in Norfolk. 
Ah, I'll get back to it later. It goes off again. I don't want to talk to anybody in Norfolk right now. And it goes off again. And it's John Keefe. And as soon as he talks, he says, you remember me? I'm like, yeah, I remember you, man. <laughs> you were on the Scott up at radio. You and, you and Fritz and me, and me and Fritz led him to the Lord. And you sit there and say, well, that's, that's a, a son of ours. Amen. From years ago, man. You know what John did? You know why John called? He said, Mike, I don't need to get saved. You know I'm saved. He goes, I just need some information about Jesus, man. Can you help me? About... He said, I'm doubting some things. Can you help me? You know what he did? He found somebody who could get him to Jesus. And he went away. And I'm liable to hear from him another day sometime. I don't know when, but he's just looking for something. You say, what is it? After 20 years, I watched Brother Siler tell me that one time. I'm done. He said, there's a mic. Phone rings. Ding, ding. Pick it up. La, la, la. You know who that was? No, that was a guy I dealt with 20 years ago. That man's got a, a mind that's unbelievable. He remembers everything. Because that's a man I dealt with 20 years ago. And he goes, stick around long enough to where they can find you. And he said, they'll call you when they need Jesus. You know what the guy needed? He didn't need Brother Siler. He needed somebody to tell him about Jesus. There was a young lady in here today with Bethan that came in. You know what she needed here this morning? It was Jesus. You know what she got? It was Jesus. There was other people. You know what they need? They need Jesus, brother. They don't need nothing else. There's nothing on this planet that's going to solve their problem other than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If he solved it for me and he solved it for you, he can solve it for them, and that's what they need. Father, do thank you for tonight. Lord, it's not, I know it was a, kind of a different message than most of the time, but Lord, I was just seeing these, these Greeks coming to you and all the trouble going on, and as Brother Loman was talking about everything going on in uh, Ukraine, Lord, I just started thinking of this passage, and Lord, the same thing was happening back then as it's happening now. There's no difference. And, Lord, they still needed men uh, to get them to Jesus. Lord, there's men over in the Ukraine right now that uh, Brother Perry, Brother Loman had to leave. And, Lord, uh, I know uh, Brother Chris Rue had to leave some people over there. The Wiles family had to leave some people over there. Uh, but, Lord, they're still your, your kids, your, your sons. And, Lord, they've been trained. They have the book in their hand now. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you touch their hearts. And, Lord, uh, show them that, uh, Lord, they can now step up to the plate and be the leaders and be the Phillips and be the Andrews. Uh, Lord, be the Stevens that are required for their nation right now, Lord. And, and Lord, the gospel will continue to go on. But for us over here, Lord, there's still uh, men and women, Lord, that need to see Jesus. And, Lord, we can't let the stuff that's going on in our world, in our planet, in our country, Lord, distract our minds from uh, serving you and reaching that goal where we're helping somebody. Always, always ready, Lord, to give an answer for the hope that's within us. Uh, Lord, the devil wants to squish that hope out. He wants to uh, get us thinking about ourselves, Lord, and just... Uh, just scrunch us down, Lord, but don't let him do that, Lord. Help us to just be always ready. And, Lord, thank you for Philip, Lord, being sitting there in these, when these men came up through all the trouble, men trying to kill Jesus, everything, and they come right up to Philip and said, hey, we would see Jesus. And Philip didn't uh, shy off, Lord. He didn't ask him for IDs or anything. Lord, he said, wait a second. He goes, finds Andrew. Then Andrew goes, finds Jesus, and, and the, the rest of it's history. Uh, Lord, uh, there's still men and women looking, and, Lord, we need to be aware. Help us to do that tonight, Father. And, Thank you for letting us come to the church, Lord. I know that you're going to use Brother Loman somewhere else. Uh, Lord, if not there, you'll be somewhere else. And, and Lord, when this thing is all said and done, uh, you're not finished with anybody in this room. And, Lord, I just pray that you'd use us for your honor and glory. And we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.